When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is up? Welcome to episode number 394 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined as always by the playful Nick Pollock. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? I, I just played basketball. I'm exhausted and I played a ton of Zelda over the weekend. We're not going to do that. We've, we've already talked so much about that. It's a phenomenal game. You've played it too. We just spent a couple minutes talking about it before the cast. It's a great time, but we got baseball to talk about today, Fast. Yeah, if you're going to wonder why last week's cast was an hour 15 and this one's 50, it's because of that conversation. We've got a lot of great pitchers to get to today. We even have a new Aces Gonna Ace label. If you haven't checked out the list this yeah, week, oh you man, really should because there's kind of a new there's a new format here with a lot yeah. of really good info for people to see. Absolutely. Uh, nowadays, I've realized I did this for the streaming article every day where instead of doing these like bulleted like sentences and honestly... I hated writing those sentences. They felt like so forced and formulaic and whatever. And you guys just want the information. So for the streamer pick of the day, I actually wrote a small blurb on all 30 guys and separated out by tiers. And I realized I should just do the same thing for the list. It takes a little bit longer um, innately, but my enjoyment writing these blurbs is way higher. So the time flies by on the stream. And I there you go. Every single opinion I have is just fleshed out right there for you. Check it out. Uh, it's just a lot easier for you to get your info. I love it. Love to see it. Well, let's dive right in. So the theme this week is uh, excuses you give when you want to cancel on someone. Oh, it's so good. Okay, uh, so, yes. Like, all this the is so much better than like Zelda characters. Like, oh, this listen, is great. We had to do Zelda last no, we week. Okay. We yes, we did. I hope she's wonderful, by the way. How's she doing? You sent me some <laughs> yeah. beautiful videos. You guys totally you misinterpreted my comment. I was talking about it, it should have been. My daughter. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, it should have been like uh, her when she has mush banana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She not to she her palate is unbelievable. We went to a Thai market this past weekend. She Whoa. was eating all that. She was eating curried beef. She was eating like duck oh noodles. She was like it was unbelievable. Anyway, all right. So we have our theme. We're going to get into it. <laughs> one through four. Tier number one. We have we have a, a switcheroo here. I'm excited to talk about tier number one. One, two, three, and four. Garrett Cole, Spencer Strider, Shane McClanahan, Shohei Otani. What's it called? And why is it called that? Can't make it. <laughs> okay, just a simple can't make it straight to the can't point. make it. You know, it's just yeah. like this is what it is, and we are. I can't make it. Honest, direct to the point. Absolutely <laughs> love you. <it. ya. laughs> so love you. Can't make it. So there's two things that I kind of want to talk about here. One, we should talk about the Spencer Strider Shane McClanahan flop. As we uh, we have our new number two in Spencer Strider, which which makes sense. Continued dominance. Shane McClanahan has showed some shaky command, but I'm curious to know if there's a little bit more there, and then. Two, maybe the more important is I do want to hear if knowing what you know now about Shohei Otani's start versus Baltimore, which wasn't great again. I don't know anything. Now, 
you we wouldn't do anything. I mean, Nick, this no, is no, now, I don't, I didn't know anything. Oh, didn't you didn't know, know anything. No, okay. No, no. So yeah. what I was gonna say is, this is now what is that? Some quick math three. here. Three starts. Yeah. Uh, twelve no, earned runs and oh four right because I'm five four at three and four. He he has yeah. not the the sweeper has not looked the same for him. He's he's hung a few of them. They've been you know it was two uh two run shots today from adam frazier and anthony santander um so let, those are the two talking that. points i want to get to <laughs> yeah of course i know that i was watching him implode before my very eyes anyway get, oh, let's hear those boy. your thoughts on those two topics um i think his home fly ball rate 20 percent uh in the previous three starts and uh is, is super high i think this is otani otani 21 percent uh hard contact rate in that time too um, I think it's just kind of weirdness. He's not going to have a 2.56 whip as he did in the last three starts. It's just kind of how it is. Hipper nine was what? 33 over 18. I mean, quick maths here. That's nearly a two. Uh, and normally we see about a one from Otani. Uh, so I don't, I just, I understand it's a rough stretch right now. Um, I can look further into it today about the sleeper. I haven't done it yet. You know, just have to wait for the uh, the roundup for that one. Um, but I liked it last time. It was still a very good pitch from very effective. Um, and I don't really feel like Shohei Otani is a bad pitcher all of a sudden. I'm uh, still getting a ton of strikeouts in that time. This is just kind of what we see. Guys go through things. Keep in mind, he had 20 strikeouts his last two starts combined. So uh, it's not like Otani isn't even helping uh, during these games. Yeah, the K's are certainly still there for him. Any quick thoughts then about Strider versus McClanahan and that swap? It's kind of hard to deny the fact that Strider has a 43% K rate. Mm. It's That is absolute insanity. And I can't put him over Garrett Cole just because Garrett Cole has the history of 200 innings and just 30% K rates and just the most consistent pitcher there is right now. Um, while Shane McClanahan has a 12% walk rate right now that I don't think is going to stick. Um, but... Yeah, it's a little, little worrisome um, at the moment. And considering his strike rates are still really high on all four pitches above 60%, there's no real hole there. Um, I do think the last two starts of four walks each is going to change. Also, he had two back-to-back four walk starts before, and then he uh, came back. So McClanahan is still phenomenal. You're going to feel great starting him every single time. Um, It's just Spencer Strider's been that dude, and I had to reward him for it. All right, makes sense. Let's move on to tier two, five through 14. Zach Gallon at number five, followed by Luis Castillo, Corbin Burns, Kevin Gosman, Zach Wheeler at number nine, Clayton Kershaw at 10, Joe Ryan, Sandy Alcantara, Christian Javier, and Justin Verlander at number 14. What's it called and why is it called that? Ooh, uh, you know, I just couldn't make it. It's, uh, it's, 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 uh, I would have really loved to, man. Just sometimes uh, things just happen, and uh, let's do a rain check. You know, let's uh, rain check. Let's I, uh, you know, uh, when are you free later this week? Does Thursday work out? Because here's the thing, guys. If you cancel, uh-huh. if you cancel to show that you actually still care, yeah, you gotta suggest another time. Another time, yeah. The rain check. You can't just say rain check and that's it. Mm-hmm. You gotta say how about Thursday or Friday. If yep. you don't do that, you wait in ace. <laughs> so speaking of the eight and ace we have a new addition to this tier we have a new ace is gonna ace label uh and it and it's joe ryan so walk yeah, us buddy. through walk us yeah. through the, no um, no alex fast walk us through joe ryan 
so Joe Ryan, yeah, I mean, obviously very excited to see him. I mean, he had a great start in this most recent start and a lot of that. So here, here's, here's my mentality about Joe Ryan. I looked at the box score mm. while he was pitching this week and I saw that he had a really high amount of whiffs. And I was like, oh man, this is absolutely fantastic. Is it going to be on either the sweeper Splitter. or the slider, yeah. right? No, the sweeper or the slider. I didn't care about anything else but that. I oh, interesting. Like, right, that are the two different ones. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I was like, maybe he figured it out because in the start against Cleveland, as you very aptly pointed out, you know, he had one, he had no whiffs on the slider and he threw 12 of them and the shape changed. I believe it was a sweeper overall. So I was like, okay, hey, he dominated six or six innings pitch, no one runs 10 Ks. Let's see how the slider or the sweeper did just two whiffs overall. And I believe yeah. it was just the sweeper instead of a mix of the sweeper and the slider. But the four seeper dominated 13 whiffs. It's just so pounding, good. Just pounding the top of the zone yeah, with consistency. It's, it's so good. And the splitter dropping in super successfully as well. So what, this is kind of the same theme that we've been established, right? Where mm-hmm. we're like, okay, is Joe Ryan going to be able to figure out what's going on with the sweeper and the slider? Because the, sh- the shape was different again. The sweeper yeah. shape was different again. So I was like, is you know, we said, is he going to be able to figure out what's going on there? Because if he does, there's another tier for him. And while I still think that's the case, because I think he's going to need that as the season progresses, right now it doesn't matter because he can yeah. do whatever he wants with that four-seamer. So there's room to grow even more, which is very exciting. I still think there's a little bit of a floor like there was last season, but man, sure. he's just awesome to watch right now. It's been hard to deny it. That's yeah. that's really what this is what I've been saying yeah. the entire year is like I expect this not to be as good but it's it is that good in the four seamer my favorite thing is a dominant four seamer um one that you can get tons of strikes with you know you can have a really good four seamer that's super high velocity but if it's wild then that's not it Joe Ryan's yeah. command of it has improved massively this year and it's just overwhelming and there's something to be said about joe ryan i've had some very interesting conversations with you know about um you know sars of course uh about joe ryan's fastball and how stuff models don't necessarily love it Mm. and there are some extra things and i don't want to really spoil all of that but there are some other things that maybe our generic stat cast numbers if they're generic don't actually pick up about them that we might be seeing in the future uh, that uh, maybe Joe Ryan is exceptional at, which I think is very interesting. Um, but just kind of uh, showcases like, yeah, when I mean, our PLV loves it because its location is so good. Mm. Um, and But general stuff models don't necessarily love Joe Ryan's fastball, but who cares? It's it, The results are there and you can see why. Um, but yeah, it, this is a conversation we have a lot though, Fast, where there are clear holes for a player, mm-hmm. right? And we go... You know, we, we don't know where to tip the scales. Should we say he's so good and he can be better? Or when the good things start failing, because often things do get worse, mm-hmm. is he going to be a fish out of water? And should I be favoring the first or you know the former or the latter here? And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to say the, the former just because the fastball's been that consistent for Joe Ryan. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, by, by I think your logic right we're always talking about foundational four seamers right you know guys who are always going to be able to have that pitch they can fall back on and if like that pitch he has shown remarkable consistency over a two-year period for right so we we know you know for all 
we can very much assume that that pitch is not going to go by the wayside. And right. while we usually are going to fault a guy for having a splitter as the secondary pitch, A, it's not always a secondary pitch, and B, because his four-seamer is so good, when that splitter can work and when he can be consistent with it, it's dominant. And when it isn't, then he can be like, all right, let me try the sweeper, let me try the slider, you know, or if all fails, I'll just put the top I have two comps for you. Hmm. Two. One is Brandon Woodruff. Um, always had that really good four seamer, and then we never really talked about the slider or changeup as the thing for a while. But then sure. he developed them, and they got better. But they got enough strikes, and that was okay. Yep. Um, another conversation with Eno was like, as long as the slider gets strikes, that's fine. As long as the four seamer does all the wonderful things, it's like, oh, that's a sure. really good point. Yeah. Um, the second one, which is a little different but kind of similar, I how good are Zach Wheeler's secondaries, and do we mm. care? No. Not yeah. really. The slider hasn't really developed much this year. The curveball hasn't, but the sinker and four seamer just dominate. And we've seen this time and time. He just dominated the Jays without yeah. amazing secondaries. And that's kind of the showcase of like, look, Joe Ryan, as long as he has that fastball, everything is good. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, didn't didn't Zach yeah, I guess he's he, he hasn't had a really good swing strike rate on that slider for quite some time. Yeah. Oh. 17, 67%. Yeah, it's a, that's a very interesting comp. Um, anyone else on this list in this tier that you want to talk about before we move to tier? Nope. Three? You can see it in the formatting. By the way, also, Zach Allen raised the number five. Congratulations, buddy. Um, mm-hmm. Some people want him in the top one. Unfortunately, I don't see Zach Allen holding on to a 32% K rate. I think this is the absolute <laughs> top tier moment for him, and that's great. Um, he's traditionally like a 27% strikeout guy. But it's a, it's a wonderful run. He's second in the majors in innings. So 32% K rate with that means that his strikeouts are 99th percentile at 70 thus far. It's awesome to see it. I don't quite think he's on the level of Strider, McClanahan, Cole, and Otani. But he's wonderful right now. It's a, Did you see the shade that he threw at the Cardinals organization in one of his No, interviews? what did he do? Oh. It was fantastic. He pretty much was just like, I didn't like the way that things were like, they were like, how did you find out about the trade? And he goes into it and just kind of insinuates that like, yeah, eh, I wasn't too upset. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, when he came over to the Diamondbacks, when I talked about him in that lost 2019 interview, yes, yes. I asked him specifically, uh, which by the way, I finished, I wrote that article. It's you not did. I know. Like, I didn't make the joke. I didn't make the joke. <laughs> Uh, I did it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, out. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, he mentioned, I asked him like, hey, so like, what is it like in the organization between the Marlins and the Diamondbacks? And he was very PR about it. Mm. Um, it was pretty much just like, I really like how the Diamondbacks handle things. And I feel like the yeah. other organizations I've been a part of are getting better, you know? Uh-huh. And like, you know, and it's pretty much like, oh, okay. The Diamondbacks have a much better analytics department and everything that they work with and the Cardinals and the the Marlins, not so much. I mean, the Marlins are the ones that said, yeah, go to the other side of the rubber, dude. Yeah. You know, he became, we was a nothing in that trade with the Marcelo Zuna trade. He was a nothing in that. And then all of a sudden the Marlins were like, yeah, we, we'll, we'll fix you, you know? Interesting stuff. It's unbelievable. It is. It really is. Um, all right, let's move to tier three here. This is 15 through 26. Julio Urias, Pablo Lopez at 16, followed by Hugh Darvish, Aaron Nola, Framber Valdez. Rounding out the top 20 is Max Scherzer, followed by Shane Bieber, Freddie Peralta, Sonny Gray, Joe Musgrove, Dylan Cease falls 8 to 25, and George Kirby. What's it called and why is it called that? This is, uh, oh, I'll try to make it if I can. <laughs> okay, because they're why? all... It's the potential of an ace. 
right? It's the potential. The, it's, the potential. it's the potential tier. Um, that we should start with. Did Shane Bieber just kind of do this again? <laughs> like, because here he nah. is sitting ninety-one, you know, and coming off a start against Detroit, sure, but six innings, no one runs, seven hits, a, a walk, and nine Ks, picking up ten whiffs on his slider. Just like, I mean, he had a very good slider command over that entire start, just like truly burying it down and away. Uh, I mean. Is <laughs> like do we just accept it at the moment? I mean, he's he's got a two point six one ERA with a one ten whip. I mean, yes, obviously a nineteen percent K rate is not fantastic, but he's he's if there's someone that we're kind of pegging for over two hundred uh, innings this year, it might be Shane Bieber. You know what? It's what's really funny. Fast hmm. before that Tigers start, Shane Bieber total across all the four previous starts had eight slider whiffs. That's unreal. And then the Tigers show up and he goes 10 for 35 whiffs on his slider. And I'm like, thank you. As Steve Carell shouts it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why you see a 19% strikeout rate thus far for Bieber. But hey, sliders back, baby. 40% CSW on that pitch. And that's everything. Because the four-seamer isn't going to get it done. The cutter is mm. going to be decent. The curveball really isn't this big pitch that it used to be. I mean, got five five whiffs in this one, but really one whiff, two whiff, one whiff before that. That's not, it's not the pitch that it used to be. It's so imperative that Shane Bieber has that slider cooking, and he did. And I'm like, thank mm. you, because we all really didn't believe that the slider was totally gone. Um, however, if the slider does disappear again, that was just a peak, and that was a uh, a Dennis, which I say is like it shows up but doesn't stay around for long, like a sure. Dennis from uh, Thirty Rock. Um, <laughs> that's a good reference thank you so much uh, I, I i i i'm ashamed to admit i never watched 30 rock oh my god you love i know it. i know i know i i've seen a few episodes i think it's hilarious it's just i never said my, my i it. think my favorite bit they've ever done is jack donaghy on the stage of, like on a set like talking to liz lemon about something serious and he steps to a fake window to talk about it like looking out the window longingly <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. like why are you looking out the window <laughs> It's just curtains behind that. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, such a you'd love that show so I know, much. I know, I gotta do it. I um, but I, but anyway, right. So is that slider going to get worse for Shane Bieber? I don't know. Um, I shouldn't. It really shouldn't. Mm. So I had to reward him because yeah, two hundred innings and good ratios. I mean, two six one ERA, one ten WHIP. It's just about those strikeouts right now. Is there anyone else on this tier that you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, we don't have much time. Um. A couple of very, very quick things. Framer Valdez increases cutter usage. And I think that's very interesting because the sinker's always been, I think, the problem with Valdez's whip being so high. It's it's walks. And I mean, it's un- unreliable sinker and also allowing too many hits on that sinker. So the cutter actually was really good. And guess what? His whip was like 0. 0.5 in that start. Mm. Like, mm, that could be a really cool thing. Um, otherwise, I mean, Sonny Gray just had a really good start without his good curveball. And I feel like it's still, this is like the moment to sell high because he had a great start. Everyone thinks, oh no, Sonny Gray is just really doing the thing. I'm like, he's not though. Mm-hmm. It was a very strange outing. Um, and I, I'd be a little bit careful there. So I, I'm all for selling high on Sonny Gray at the moment. 
Let's move on to tier four here then, 27 through 37, Nathan Ivaldi, Jesus Lazardo, Chris Sale moves up 12 to 29, followed by Chris Bassett, Logan Webb, Bryce Miller up six to 32, Tanner Bybee, then number 34, Mitch Keller up 18. You love to see it. Logan Gilbert at 35, up eight. Eduardo Rodriguez up 12 to 36. And at number 37, rounding out the tier, Hunter Brown. We're going to get to the name of this tier right after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. And we're back. All right. What's the what's it called? Why is it called that? This one is, oh, man, you know, I had I told you my cousin's in town. I can't I, I can't be there. Uh, the lie. Know, you know, uh, this is this is no, he is in town. He is in town. OK, OK. Yeah, he's in town. So but I told you, like, this guy is, you know, no, my you've met this guy before. Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've told no. you about this guy. You do not want to hang out with him. I would totally bring someone, but you don't want to hang out with my cousin. Gotcha. Okay, good. Now, here's the thing. I, I've been thinking a lot about this, more so than I actually care to admit, about personal biases and being a podcast host. And I would like you to choose uh, who we're talking about right now. Oh, we need to talk about Mitch Keller. Okay. Again? No, 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 no. I, I had a revelation. I mean, he, he jumped another like 18. He, he did this against I know he did, but I, I felt I personally, Very he's the person I was thinking not to bring up because we did the whole Very rant. Quickly. It was the name of the I, episode. I know, I know, I know. Okay. But I just want to mention to everybody, I'm sorry, I was wrong. I understand it now. Okay, go ahead. His command was elite. This is the greatest command I've ever seen from Mitch Keller in my life. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I looked at the, you know, I looked at, I, I watched them early in the season. The command wasn't elite. And I pretty much saw like more of the same a lot um, in doing my basic like, okay, strike some plots, reading this, trying to understand it. And I, I took some time and like really watched him. And that 13 strikeout start was absolute beauty. Mm. It was gorgeous. Watch. I, I did a YouTube video on it this morning. I'm, those are back, by the way, the pitcher video Love breakdowns. It. Love that. Those are back. And uh, huge thanks to Enrique helping me get that all sorted out. And watch it because it is pure beauty against your Orioles. Uh, yeah. Sinkers on both sides of the plate, four seamers and cutters. And he is doing everything. He like, he's absolutely in control. So huge props to him. He deserves it. I still think he's going to get a little worse because that command is usually not as sticky as whatever, but he deserves 34. That is so much higher than I ever anticipated. Mitch Keller. Jesus Lazardo is not going to have a 9.5 hit per nine fast. Uh, and his bat, it was 344. I know. I know 141 whip. We made the bet last time. I even told Adam how to write that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of people wanted Eovaldi to be higher. And I know he has like a 20, what is it? 26 or 25 inning scroll streak at the moment. It's good, but he's not this good. We know that. 
while Chris Sale is pumping 96, dog. 96 and 95. He, he looked good. Why, isn't, why hasn't Luzardo pitched again? He pitched on Tuesday. He must be pitching tonight, right? He has to be. Yes. It's, well, uh, it's either tonight off. or tomorrow. Yeah. yeah but, it's tomorrow, uh, then. Wow. That's because so Yuri Perez showed up. That's why. Oh, that's why. Because the Perez bump. Okay. So there Probably. is one, two things that I want to say uh, about Keller because you bring up some interesting points. Yeah. Um, one, this is the thing that I've been thinking about. It's a perfect example of why you can never just really look at a strike zone yeah. plot to get an indication of, of how sure. people are performing. Right. Because if you look at the strike zone plot from uh from you know uh, let me take that a step back there are certain times i think it was like was it a giolito start that you tweeted out there was like perfect separation yeah, between right. his pitches and, and that his showcases it, yeah and that showcases it so i'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater but they're all like there's so much more nuance because if you look at the strike zone plot from mitch keller from his start against the orioles it looks like a bag of skittles fell over like it doesn't necessarily point to a hundred percent command but you're right i watched yeah. that start with you and he was putting the ball where he needed the ball to go the last thing i'll say about it because it's something that i've been thinking about a lot since you brought this up is his over the heart of the plate percentage right oh yeah i so saw that tweet yeah you put that I, anytime fast puts out a tweet i know i'm going to hear about it on the podcast <laughs> well it's what i've been thinking about right sometimes I'm just like, i just I like it. literally wait. stare off into the distance and i'm like what about this so what's interesting about mitch keller is i couldn't find and i didn't do all of his pitches i think i just did his heaters neither of his heaters are in the top 15 or 20 percent in heart usage Right. So mm-hmm. I thought maybe the four seamer was something he was leaving over the heart of the plate a lot. He's actually not. And it's yeah. the same thing with the sinker. He's not leaving it over the heart of the plate. Nope. However, overall, his pitches are over the heart of the plate a lot. If mm-hmm. you're not looking at individual pitches, you're just talking about a mass sum of his pitches. Yeah. So that got me thinking about I wonder if he's saying I wonder if he's got enough command. That he was like, yeah, I could leave my sinker over the heart of the plate, but I can also leave my four seamer over the heart of the plate, and maybe I can get my cutter a little right off the heart of the plate. And he's able to throw guys off that way because it doesn't matter what these strike zone plots is. When you're looking at the swings that he's getting, it's it's remarkable right now. I'm also kind of thinking, I mean, watching that game, I was like, the sequencing is fantastic here. Yeah, yeah. It yep. really was. Um, yeah. Some some fantastic, like there Oftentimes, uh, when I would do these, I mean, I'm just going to be the guy in the armchair, but this is, you know, this is what I study. And I'm like, that's the wrong call. Like there Mm -hmm. are times when I I will call them out for that. And I didn't feel that way with Keller. I did get upset at where the glove placement was, but that's another issue. Uh, But the actual pitch call, great. And there, I mean, there's this beautiful execution. Sorry. I, I felt like I really need to come out and say that because... As you guys know, I'm trying to do everything I can. I can't watch every single game all the time. And there are times I selectively go, okay, I can't uh, watch it. And sometimes I feel like, no, I need to make sure that I do. Um, And I'm really glad I did with Mitch Keller. So I I catch a lot, but not everything. And this one fell through the cracks. But I still believe believe in others. And we'll talk about those soon. But Chris Sale, man, he's looking really good. Yeah. Last two, I mean, it was down to 95, not 96, and I still want to see the changeup to come back, but he's there. Uh, and the last one I do want to talk about quickly is Hunter Brown. We haven't really actually focused on him for yep. a bit. Um, and what's really fun, everyone, you have to watch the list live if you can on, on Mondays. I am now really leaning in on our player pages because it's the middle of May. We can actually surmise things now. There's a good amount of sample for a lot of these pitches. Mm. And Hunter Brown, what he's doing, you know what my best comp is right now for Hunter Brown? Mm. Who would you who would you say your best comp is for Hunter Brown? There are some things about Valdez and and 
Verlander? No, that's not it for me. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's Verlander or Valdez. I mean, I'll put it this force- way. Yeah, four seamer getting uh, a lot of called strikes and slow swinging strikes, and mm-hmm. the reliance on uh, breaking stuff trying to get down. Trying to get down. Hmm. All these guys have good four seamers that get whiffs. I don't know who. I uh, Zach Allen. Oh yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Now okay. he doesn't have the changeup that Gallon has, but I think that can work. He just needs to focus more on low location. I think on the on the breaking balls because he has like a twenty six percent swing strike. Uh, sorry, called strike rate on his four seamer. So Hunter Brown is this way. Oh, that could work, and you play for the Astros. Mm. But but then again, he's not really doing it, and he has a one thirty one whip, and. I, I found myself like, huh, I was expecting a little bit more from Hunter Brown by now. And he just did well against the the White Sox, but I, I it's kind of weird. And I actually found myself lowering him a little bit as I kept going with Hunter Brown. So he's at 37 now. But um as by the way, I my the anime, like slight anime fan inside of me is like Hunter X Hunter, because you have Hunter Brown, then Hunter Green, separated by a tier. And I think that's absolutely Fine. hilarious for like the five people who get that. Um, that's for you. But anyways, anyone that you felt we should be talking about here? Um, maybe we should give. It's funny we should give a quick shout out to Erod because I don't think there was a lot oh, of yeah. anticipation that he would be in the top fifty at some point in the season. It is funny too. I just love that in his most recent start, I very distinctly remember that there was like one, I'm pulling up his strike zone plot, but there was like one quadrant that he just stayed away from. Like it was yeah. like actually, yeah, yeah. Un- yeah, I think yeah, there it is in the top right hand. Like you yeah. see what I'm talking about? He literally oh, there is not a single pitch there, and to me that does point to he knew where his pitches were going. And he did quite well yeah. with it. He's on a, a heck of a tear right now. I mean, the Mets are a little lifeless right now, but still yes. eight innings with no one runs, one walk and nine Ks follows that up against the Guardians with seven innings with no one runs, uh, two walks and eight Ks. I mean, I think you and I even said this two weeks ago where it's like it's a Vargas rule and we knew he was capable of it, but he's kept that Vargas rule alive for longer than I think we would have imagined. Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, with a 13% swing strike rate on the cutter doesn't seem that great. But then you realize that it was sub 7% all of his career um, beforehand. And this has become a 33% CSW pitch. Uh, It was a 25% in 2022, 30% in uh, 2021. Uh, Much uh, higher strike rate, preventing hard contact on it. Now, a 138 Babbitt likely isn't going to stick on that cutter for for Eduardo Rodriguez. But his command is good. I I watched some of him. And there were a fair amount of pitches that I'm like, that's that should get sure. hit. You missed your spot and like it was mm-hmm. hit and it was hit, found a glove, and like that happened a decent amount. I didn't like his command as much as I did with Mitch Keller. Um, I also don't think that his stuff overall is as good as Mitch Keller's. Um, keep in mind the four seamer that had a 15% swing strike rate in 2021, 13% in 2018, uh, only 10% this year. Right, it's not mm. this overpowering four seamer that we've wanted it to be. We kind of envisioned, um, while the changeup has a very low strike rate. It's actually the lowest strike rate it's had in its career. It's only twenty three percent CSW right now. So, and you know, uh, two eighty eight woba, but also high BABIP. So, like that's not the thing that's really working for him. I think it's just a cutter four seamer playing off each other. Well, that shouldn't stick. I don't think August first we're going to say like, oh, Eduardo Rodriguez, yeah, top thirty starter. That's not going to happen. So I'm I'm all for selling high here on Eduardo Rodriguez, but I also need to recognize like yeah, you're going to be starting him over these other guys right now. 
Let's move on to tier five, then 38 through 45. We're talking Hunter Green, followed by Justin Steele. Number 40 is Yuri Perez. Jordan Montgomery at 41. Charlie Morton. Blake Snell at 43. Lucas Giolito. And Nestor Cortez falls 13 to 45. What's it called and why is it called that? Uh, excuses for not showing, for canceling, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have so many, but like they're all, they all do a disservice to this tier. Uh, because this is lots of potential, right? Mm. So, um, oh, when, when the next time, when's the next time that you're doing this? This sounds like just so much fun. Oh, okay. Like I can't make it, but when's the next time it's going to yeah, happen? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, big fan. Uh, Yuri Perez debuts. He's at 40. I mean, we all watched the start. Super fun. Very yeah. electric. I, I think my kind of quick thoughts are, it will be scary if that young man develops a changeup, and if there is right. one organization that I think they threw it at ninety three, it, it's scary. Like that, that's yeah. kind of scary to me. And I almost <laughs> think that, like, I almost think that the upside might be some of the best of any of the young pitchers that we have watched. Mm, right? I could While he doesn't that. have. While he doesn't have the four-seamer that Bryce Miller or Mason Miller does, he has a very good four-seamer that he's able to locate. Uh, yeah, he he sure, he gave up a few solo shots. It was his debut. But if he could get Sandy's four-seamer, or Sandy's changeup, right, or really anyone else on that team's changeup, yeah. that and pair that with a slider and just have all of those zones that he can attack, that is some very scary upside for Yuri Paris. You know, what's really fun is uh, on Pitcher List, by the way, we have, a, if you go in the navigation, you'll see PLV app and uh, our wonderful, wonderful uh, guy, uh, Kyle Bland, our, the director of research and analytics, I uh, added a pitch movement uh, profile, uh, an X and Y axis that I just sent to you fast. And mm. I was actually really curious watching it if the camera angle, there were times I felt like it had a touch of cut action. And you know how I feel about four seamers with that. And I, what I just yeah. said, you'll see a couple times when it crosses the line. Mm, yeah. But it mostly didn't. And that's a wonderful spot that it's in. Um, that is near, a lot of them are like 19, uh, 19 inches of vertical rise. Uh, definitely more on the horizontal right side of that plot. It's a really good four seamer. And I think actually Yuri Perez could be elevating this one. Um, especially at its heat. He kept it decently low uh, for the most part, actually really going inside and outside, which is fine. He was dotting it. Uh, it was. It's like, it kind of reminds me of Mark Pryor. Do you remember watching Mark Pryor pitch and how it was like a laser to the spot? There's something so smooth and beautiful watching uh, Pryor's four-seamers. And I was reminded of it with Yuri Perez, believe it or not. Um, I do have a little bit of concern on the secondaries. I feel like, uh, they weren't, I, I never really said wow to any of them. <laughs> I, I mean, there were a couple that were like, oh, that's a good one. Nice. But sure. I wasn't just like blown away by Yuri Perez's secondaries. However, he got a fair number of whiffs on them. Those are good. Uh, I'm with you that if he does get that change up, Yuri Perez could be the full picture or package. He is the Marlins. No, it is the Marlins. And that's not the highest win potential. Um, mm -hmm. And until also, I think the forcing were really being utilized as a whiff pitch. I, you know, he needs to he needs to really be that like inside fastball guy upstairs sliders down away like the traditional mold here, and that could happen. So I'm so stoked about it. 
Uh, I actually saw there's some guy uh, on Reddit who's really against Yuri Perez, who's saying like expected batting average in the one start and everything's a small sample. But he's pretty much saying like I, I'm I'm cautious about it. It made me think a little bit like, oh, that's interesting of maybe like the the Marlins. Like he had a lot of hits. The Marlins defense is worse, right? This is something we were worried about yes, entering the season. Sure. And that maybe that does affect Yuri Perez. That said, too small of a sample. And I do wonder if like you talk about overall expected average. Well, if you allow two home runs, does that like change the average or not? You know, like is that like an expected average of 850 or so? Does that you know, saying it's like a 400 expected batting average. I don't actually know how that is, but um, don't worry. I that's what I say. I think that might be a cutter. Like, I wonder if um, if baseball survived. Well, there was has, there was one. There was there were like two or three that were like a little harder on the slider. That I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, I think it's too much rise though to be a cutter. That's a cut action. He, he throws. He does throw a cutter. He does throw uh, a cutter, or at least his minor league data indicated that he did. But yeah, it looks like maybe the velocity on those pitches indicates that it, those were forcing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's like a, that's some of the highest rise he got. He also had cut action on, right? Yeah. So kind of, I mean, we've seen that before from some guys like Tyler Glasnow sometimes has that. It's just like, dude, what? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, fun stuff here. Yuri Perez, I'm excited for him. I'm, I just, yeah, these, are, these are the guys that we get stoked about. And that's why we do 100%. It. All right, let's. What was anyone else in this chair you want to get to before we move on to the next one? Justin Steele's regressing, and it's scary. Um, Jordan Montgomery, I think I've been overrating uh, a little bit. Um, Blake Snell is throwing changeups and not curveballs and sliders, but I get it because those breakers are bad right now, and he has to. Mm. And Lucas Giolito had a peak start and then a terrible start, and I not really terrible, but like with the stuff and everything, I'm like, this is annoying. And Nestor Cortez, I figured it out fast. Do you know what's wrong oh, with Nestor Cortez? Mm. Do you, do you, what's your guess? Maybe the four seam isn't there at the yeah, moment. That's what, yeah, that's what you think, right? Everything's mm-hmm. the same. Cutter is pretty much the same. I mean, there are certain elements about the four seamer, like it's a little bit down a nose swing and it's Babip is higher. But I think it's because the slider used to be like a 60% strike pitch. This is a pitch you would rely on all the time. It's out of 52%. You know, its zone rate is down 10 points. Uh, mm. He and you see the plots of these. I mean, he's missing with this slide. It is not a reliable pitch for him, and that turns him into a fastball cutter, which asks too much out of it. And yeah. I think that's the issue. And what's really star- startling to me is like pretty much the four seamer and cutter are both like the same. All of the key sure. metrics you want to talk about the same usage, velocity, CSW, swing strike rate. You know, all of it. It's all the same. I. Uh, it's just that stupid slider. So actually, that yeah. is makes me more hopeful on Nestor Cortez moving forward. That hopefully he can get that pitch back, and then everything will click. All right, let's go to the next tier. Then twenty six, forty six through fifty six. We're talking Lance Lynn, who falls ten. Marcus Stroman, James Paxton jumps up fifty two to forty eight. Louis Varland up twelve to forty nine. Reed Detmers falls to fifty. John Gray up twenty eight to fifty one. Followed by Dustin May, Bailey Ober fifty four is Alex Cobb, Zach Eflin, and rounding out the tier, falling seven at number fifty six. Logan Allen. What's it called, and why is it called that? So this is someone saying, "Hey, are you going to make it tonight?" And then you respond. New number who dis? Oh, wow, <laughs> brutal. Already here, Re- getting into the fifties. All right, well, so because, a, a though, lot it's of because like we don't know who these guys are. <laughs> okay, so okay, well then there's two good directions to start with off that indicator. Let's start with the positive, and that's James Paxton, who is 
came back and, you know, picks up 10 four seam whiffs and he's sitting 96. So I imagine that's just saying, hey, he is who we thought he was. And as long as he stays healthy, he can dominate. Yeah. So this tier is called the edge of the cliff. As you guys know, I'm very, very aggressive uh, in the second half of the list. I sure. say, look, these are the guys that you're going to hold on to and you feel very confident in. But in your 12 teamers after that, if you need a stream in a week, Sure, it was Marco Gonzalez last week against the Tigers. We circled that one. It, we found mm. it. It was there, right? So you don't need to hold on to a Toby. And it's a better strategic play for your season to turn that down and go after things that can actually push the needle for you. That's better than a streamer on a weekly basis. And then you have James Paxson. Think of him like a prospect. I understand the injury risk 100%. Absolutely. That that's why he's not higher up, honestly. But if you think of him as a prospect and someone just showed up that threw 96 mile per hour fastballs for a ton of strikes mm. that was not hittable, like they couldn't hit this. And they, these weren't like on the edge fastballs. I mean, he just pumped this thing and it was glorious. And he didn't even have his best secondaries like the curveball, and the cutter were like not that great. And he killed it. And all I think now, just like we're talking about Joe Ryan, like if Paxton has this fastball, not even like the greatest command of it, and it's doing wonderful things, and he gets more time because he's actually healthy, like the cutter and and curveball, one of those two show up. Like this is great. He's at ninety six, guys. He didn't, he didn't hit ninety six. He yeah. sat ninety six. Yeah. This is a huge deal. Sorry. I mean, that's fantastic. But I was also just thinking about someone just sent me a text that I have to, you know, share this with you. So Please. if there is one if there is one starter. Yeah. OK, I'm going to read you the line. And if there's oh, one starter tonight that you thought that this line would apply to, you let me know who it is. Seven okay. innings pitched. Uh-huh. No one runs two uh-huh. walks, 10 K's uh-huh. with 14 whiffs. Overall, 10 Ks, 14 whiffs, no one runs, seven innings. Uh, this was Patrick Corbin. Uh, no, no, I love no, that no, guess. No, no. Uh, no, no, okay, uh, this was Connor Siebold. No, one last guess. Up and Tanner. down, this person. Very Tanner frustrating. Howell. No, it uh, is Jack Flaherty. Of course it is. What's his velocity? <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll have to see if I can. Oh, his velocity! It looks like he, uh, the top velocity was Freddie Peralta, who got really banged up. Uh, he was sitting ninety three, ninety three point seven. There you go, not ninety two. Ninety two point seven. He's done this a couple times, and then yeah, I see eleven whiffs between the two breaking balls. There are two things that Jack Flaherty needs to do for success in a given night. One, sit above ninety three. Two, get at least double digits in in breaking ball whiffs. You got 11 tonight. Beautiful. I mean, that's how it... And also be, you know, face the Brewers. That'd be great. <laughs> and also... But I mean, yeah. I, I literally... It, I think he's the only... Yeah. I think he's the only one I did like a, a joke blurb for. Um, I, I just said, what is velocity in caps? I just asked uh, what it is. That's absolutely cracks me up that Wilson Contreras was his catcher tonight. Absolutely love that. So what? So what's is it? Is it Contreras or not, Jack? Uh, it just kind of cracks me up. Oh my god! Um, That's great. All right, sorry to return. Uh, James Paxton, we were talking. Who had a fifty-two point jump because I put him at one hundred last week. I acknowledged him, and then he's the. Uh, it's like the the largest leap maybe in pitcherless history. 
It it's a big one. You it's not do a not have rate, to right? So what you do have to talk a little bit uh, about um, Lance Lynn, who has the most hilariously high resolution photo on our website. It feels oh, like he's say, just like, why are you, are you reacting to forty six? No, no, no. Just he's he's staring into my soul. So we talked about him last week. I think we oh, were yeah. kind of both in you know in agreement that like he he could turn this around. This is a start that especially against Kansas City, and then I mean. A lot of people are, you know, I've heard he's on plenty of waivers right now after that five inning, seven or run, two walk, four Ks. So, I mean, 46 doesn't really indicate that you're kind of done with Lance Lynn. He's still a top 50 pitcher for you. Let's hear some logic behind that. Okay, so first and foremost, top 50 pitcher means a way different thing now than it does in February. Like way, way different because all these guys are removed and all of this stuff. Okay. So I, it's normally like in the sixties or something like that. This is also right where the cliff is. You know, this mm-hmm. second yes. of all, I all like, I know it's a seven, five, one ERA. I just want to give you an idea quickly. I hate using it, but the hotel that is a Holy Trinity equating luck is that bad for him that he literally has a three ninety two X fit. I don't I hate to just play that game, but that's a showcase of how bad it's been for him when you just see that large of a gap, right? 2.23 homer per nine, not gonna stick. 62% left on base rate, not gonna stick. 364 Babbitt, not gonna stick. Everyone honestly, I, I'm kind of upset that everyone wants to just say, oh, he's large, so he's running out of stamina because of the pitch clock. And I think that's terrible and so wrong. Because then he wouldn't have a 14% swing strike rate. Then he wouldn't have a 27% strikeout rate at the moment. I mean, just to like say that is like, come on, guys. We can do better than this. And he has 11 hit per nine at the moment. Lance Lynn, the best thing about Lance Lynn right now is that if you pick him up off your waiver wires, as you're saying everyone's dropping him, you don't get any of the starts he just had. Yeah. They're all done. Yeah. It's all in the past. Do you think he's going to do another eight-game stretch like this? No. Of course not. Yeah, this is not what's going to happen. The cutter and the four seam are still really good. I, I, I look if I if I saw that these pitches were degrading massively, then I would be dropping him a ton. My job every single week is to say from this point forward, what do I think it's going to be? Oh. And we all know what is the number one stat for future success. What is the number one stat? Do you know this? You must. I I am a pitchless employee, so CSW. Ah, it's funny. But you know what the, the true one is? What, probably Sierra or FIP? No, no, no. It's K-minus walk rate. Oh. Uh, oh. is the most successful thing, which also CSW is like really close to, but it's mm. it's K-minus walk rate, right? So that is still stellar. It's like around 19% for uh, 18, 19% for Lance Lynn. Guys, don't, don't be ridiculous here, okay? Last... Three seasons of Lance Lynn, the highest whip he's ever had is 113. Like, he's not going to be a 1-6 whip the rest of the year when the skills are still actually very present. The velocity is a little bit down in the fastball. And I would say, oh, that's clearly it. Except it has a 15% swing strike rate, a 33% CSW. You think it's going to have a 417 Babbitt for the rest of the way? Well, it's getting hit hard. No, it's not. It's 78th percentile in hard hit rate. Or hard mm. contact rate, I should say, at 24%. It's still, like, you know this is going to get fixed. And we're all going to look back on this. Guess what? This happened last year. It literally happened last year. 
first six starts of the year when he came back from injury, he was very bad. People were saying, oh, man, I was always stupid for being in on Lance Lynn. And then he was fantastic for the rest of the year. Guys, this is this is what an actual buy low looks like. Everyone wants out. You don't you don't say a buy low when guys are doing well. You do mm-hmm. a buy low when guys are doing really poorly and no one wants to touch it. That's actually what a proper buy low is. This is one right now. I, I'm I'm putting my foot down. I'm still in on Lance Lynn. I love that. That was a good rant. I like that. I was all in on that. That got me pumped up. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but I was excited to hear it. Um, <laughs> all right, not trading in him in the Legacy League, okay? Uh, is that is that? Uh, I, mean, I think I do uh, in the Legacy League. I know I have him at least like two leagues. Did you drop Grayson Rodriguez already? I don't have anyone to drop him for. I've missed out like one dollar on like so many of these prospects, and it's driving me nuts that I, I picked up Bobby Miller and Austin Bristol. Was like, what's going on? And I was like, I, I'm just done with this. You're just like fully Bobby McFerrin that too. You're like Bobby Miller. Yeah, that was very good. All right, let's move on to the next tier because I don't know if I don't know if we're gonna get to every single pitcher in this. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, this, is, this is we we don't have time. Okay, we've oh my gosh, oh man, yeah, I've got two <laughs> minutes left with you. I'm sorry, no, you, got, you got a few more. It's okay. We got really okay. excited. Right? It was, I, that was a good content. That was a good very content, quickly. Uh, Reed Detmers. I actually realized that for some reason this, the four seamer actually is allowing a lot more hard contact, even though he's spotting it better and throwing it harder, and it's having worse results, and it drives me insane. And I don't know why it's an eight percent swing strike rate. What? It was 11% last year. I don't know. That should be corrected. It might be a small sample. Maybe it's the Angels. I don't know. Tier 7. It's better than a Toby. Yeah. Tony Gonsolin. Um, there's one who I'm very excited to talk about here. Yeah, JP I France, JP Sears, and Josiah Gray. Um, so that's 57 through 61. What's it called and why is it called that? Uh, this is My Grandmother Died. Oh, my God. <laughs> why We're going fast. That? I'm just going through them at this point. I love okay. it. Uh, you want to talk about JB Sears, don't you? Uh, I do. I'm a little curious about you, Rose 13. I mean, listen, I do think it is very funny. This is not a victory lap. I do think it is very funny that I was like, what didn't we were talking about like the top 300 pitchers? And I was like, one of these guys is going to end up in like Sears the top. There. Where what, he wasn't in the no, he wasn't in the top 100, though. Oh, yeah. yeah I think yeah. I, I think I mentioned something where I was like, it's so funny. One of these guys that we don't know, he's going to end up being in like the top 100, like J.P. Sears. I don't know about J.P. Sears. And here he is in, in the 60s. I'm very excited. I'm excited yeah. about J.P. Sears. Now, with that said, I didn't realize he was going to be making some of the changes that he made. Very tough schedule going up against, right. I believe it was the Astros and then the Rangers, right? The, Astro, uh, yeah, the Astros the, are next, too. So uh, Sears, it, it's, it was the Yankees and he got left in too long. Icarus, and then yeah, it was yeah. the uh, the Rangers. But yeah, he has this 28th best swing strike rate in the majors right now. It's 14%. It actually was 16% across the last five games, which is elite. And it's a, it's a new four-seamer insider. I didn't know that was going to happen. You didn't know that was going to happen. I mean, this is the nope. kind of thing. It's like, uh, it's. I think it's really important when victory laps happen is to say like, hey, when you take your victory lap, were you expecting him to have a, sure. two new pitches? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. How did you know it was him and not some other random person, you know? I uh, so it's great to see this from JP Sears. I feel weird adding him now because the Astros are next. And I generally that's going to be a questionable start, right? Yeah, but that makes sense. But I feel like the, the skills are there, and so that's why Louis Varland was as high as he is. It's a tough schedule for the Twins, but I feel like the skills are there. So, all right, like we're going to endure this. Good luck. Who I'm trying to see real quick who he gets after the yeah, after. Oh no, what 
No, I don't know. It doesn't project out that far. I was trying to see who he gets after after Houston. Oh, fast. What you should be doing is you should be going to our SB Expected Schedules, Week 7 and 8, put out by Dave Swan today. He does it every single Monday. Oh, it's Houston, and then the Mariners, and then then Atlanta, and then Pittsburgh. I'm actually okay against Seattle. Uh, Pittsburgh is a terrible offense now. It's 53 WRC plus. Yeah, it's not great. The last two weeks. So really bad. Atlanta's not a fun one there. So we get 50-50 here, but I feel like the long-term, considering everyone plays everyone, like it's going to turn around for him. All right, Nick, I'm going to give you a good opportunity here. We're oh, not going to be able to get to every single one of them, but no. look through the list and you cherry yeah. pick a single person or two that you would like to discuss. There's yeah. some there's some quote-unquote movers and shakers, right? <laughs> Braxton Garrett's up here at number 71. New cutter. All of a sudden, he had this bad start and all of a sudden he throws his cutters the last two starts and he's been actually really good with it. So that's cool. All right. So then what about uh, Brady Singer up 11 to 75? He's a, he's what he always is. He's just now instead of like the worst cherry bomb tier, he's in the better cherry bomb tier. He's always a cherry bomb. <laughs> and so here's the interesting one. Maybe this is a yeah. good well, There's two that Don't we should get it. to because we should wrap on number 100. Is it Kyle Hendricks? Is that the person? You oh, said? I know Don't that's say? no, no, no. I was going to say Tyler Wells. It was it was 18 no, months no, no, against no. your pirates against the pirates. Don't do that. Um, but uh, Kyle Hendricks, I don't know what he is, but like he used to be a good Toby, so maybe he's a good Toby now. I don't know. He comes back this week. Hayden Wesneski's been demoted. I wasn't so. going to say anything about Tyler Wells, but now you got me thinking about Tyler. Ah, Wells. I knew it. Uh, Why are you always thinking about Tyler Wells? That's true. I will say this: I he might be another sell high. I was looking at the, his expected woba and expected uh, the difference between his woba and expected woba on his four seam because he leaves a lot over the heart of the plate as well. Yeah. And every other pitcher was like, oh, "Yeah, good that. job, Bryce Miller. You can do this." And Tyler Wells yeah. is like, "Stop yeah, doing no, that." That's like a forty percent hard contact rate or whatever on it. Um, you know, actually, there's a Tyler Wells in Zelda, and that's a pretty funny joke. Okay, <laughs> I. But anyway, really? uh, yes, it is. Oh, you haven't gone that far yet. It's fine. Um, so tier 11 is more cherry bombs. I've actually really organized it well, I think, this week for the list. I've got like some legit Tobies, uh, the better cherry bombs, also Tobies, cherry bombs, and then streamers. And I actually made the list labels adhere to it. Like I really cond- <laughs> made it actually that. grouped um, because it is. And that. it's it's really fun. Uh, the last couple I'm going to mention, Mike Clevenger gets a really nice schedule the next four starts, and maybe that's worth your streaming time, but like, I don't really want to trust it. Tyler Walker's throwing splitters like 40 plus percent of the time, and maybe that can work, but oh gosh, that is not fun. And our 100 this week fast is Chase Silseth mm. as he's starting for the Angels. And I didn't really like what I saw last year. Uh, it was splitter, slider, fastball. Fastball gets decent velocity. Splitter wasn't doing enough, and the slider is fine. But maybe he's a new guy. There has been some hype around him. Maybe he's there's something new about it. I know it's the Angels fast, but I maybe there's something there with Chase Silseth. Ta-da. I will say, it. I love it. I love that you did that. I will say one last thing, which is a little sacrilegious. I apologize because we should be ending on the 100. Dane Dunning is interesting, especially with now the, the start against Atlanta, which I believe is going to come tomorrow. Um, scares the heck out of me. But after that, what's interesting about Dane Dunning? Tell me what's interesting about him. The fact that I don't know. I feel like he's kind of turning into a, a better version of what we thought he could be. I mean, he has an 86 whip at the moment over 31 innings. I mean, I, I don't know if he's. I don't think he's going to his. I mean, he's more des- he designated he he's as to- a reliever. If he were still a designated as a reliever, he would rank 278th among all relievers in strikeout rate. That's 15.8%. Yeah, he doesn't have also, a single pitch above a 14% swing strike rate. 
So you're playing the uh, what I used to call uh, doing the Dougie, um, which is your that's because Doug Fister would never get strikeouts. So mm. you're trying to just go for ratios and you're not you're throwing away the K. Um, and I don't really want to do that for a guy that I don't trust with ratios. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a 29.7% CSW, which we know is average. Uh, 30% hard contact rate this year. PLV doesn't like him. Sub five, which is bad. I'm so upset with myself too. Why? By the way, what'd you do? Uh, because I was. You good, didn't do it. We you didn't do a second ad break. You didn't do it. I didn't do a second ad break. That's uh, that. I'm not as upset about. I really wanted yeah. to make it. Sorry for the about... awkward one today, guys. That's that's on fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I really wanted to say like, uh, like make a joke about Pablo Lopez starting against the Dodgers and how this has to be the blow up that we always anticipate. And it's only been one inning, but he's already given up three earned runs. Uh, off three solo shots. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Three solo shots. This is dumb. Yeah. I, I believe it's, it's three solo shots. Like I can't really do you know what my least it, favorite thing in baseball is what home runs. <laughs> <laughs> I like the rampant misogyny, but I guess that's just me. Oh, um, you know, the, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not even man. That. There's far worse things. Um, all right, Nick. Yeah, I mean, there, uh, yeah, listen. I, I I apologize to people that we had to get it under an hour. Obviously, this is now going to be the new thing for us. But very happy to hear that Lance Lynn rant. Very to talk about Mitch Keller. Very to hear about Joe Ryan getting the aces going to ace label. And there's going to be even more beautiful baseball coming this week. I just want to sit down and watch a few games with my boy Nick. Um, all right, mm-hmm. that is going to do it, Nick, for episode number three ninety four of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.